Hello. Uh, Happy New Year. And welcome to Season 2 of Phil's Photography Journey Podcast, Episode 31. So I'm using seasons now. I have no idea what that means. It's just that there's an option in the publishing hosting site. So I thought I'll do it. New season, new year. But yeah, very happy new year to you. Hope uh, you're all settling into 2020. The sun is shining as we record this, which is always good. And we will get right to it. I think I mentioned in my last podcast about our plans for the uh, holiday period uh, post-Christmas. And we decided to go to Palma, Mallorca. And as a special guest this week, I've got my lovely wife, Sue. And Sue, what about Palma? What do we think of Palma? Well, hello, everyone. Happy New Year. We loved Palma. So why Palma? I mean, obviously, it is a sort of capital city, but not of a country, but of an island of Mallorca. And we'd had such a great time last year in Seville that we wanted to do something similar and get a bit of sunshine, break up the, you know, the dismal winter days. Um, But we decided to go just post holiday season. So we chose Palma because it's a short hop, possibly going to be nice weather, quite a lot of lovely um, bars and restaurants and a few nice things to see in the city itself. And it was indeed a short hop over. And there was, although there were quite a few businesses that were closed having their holidays, there was still plenty of restaurants and places to eat uh, and uh, look around uh, and lots of people. So uh, we thought it was super. It's a very safe, clean, friendly, welcoming place and a really nice place to go at that time of year. And we were very lucky because, well, I say luck, I spotted before we went that it was indeed the Festival of the Three Kings. Epiphany. And they have a wonderful parade uh, with, with all sort of floats, a bit, you know, like a carnival. And it was the night that we arrived there. And that was uh, that was a real highlight. I don't think I've been away at all in the past where there's been a big event like that. And yes, thank you, Sue, for finding that out, because it really meant that we had something to enjoy from the off. I mean, we were going to enjoy ourselves anyway. One of the benefits of going away at that time of year to somewhere like Spain or southern Spain you get about an hour and a half extra daylight and that can make a real difference uh, getting the, the sun on your face. And we were fortunate with the weather. But yeah, this um, this festival was so well put together. We we got a good vantage point. Uh, it actually went past the hotel we were staying in, which was a, a bonus. But we, we went a little way along so that we could frame the, the backdrop for the photographs and video, uh, which I'll talk about a bit later. But uh, they, they really did invest in that, didn't they? So they really put a lot of into it, the costumes, the floats, the color there was some fire eating going on and all sorts and um i would recommend if you're in well any country that that does that kind of celebration on um on the 5th 6th of jan um 12th night because it's most spanish towns i think have it and also i think it's now over in mexico as well and some other places so really good really good i think i think it's always been around i think um yeah you're right any kind of um spanish speaking uh, countries uh, have that tradition. One of the in- really interesting things about it, and I've never experienced this before, was um, sweet throwing. <laughs> um, so they throw out boiled sweets for the children, um, which were sugar-free and gluten-free. 
because they said so on their website and whatever. But the, the, what, what's quite interesting is people do chuck handfuls of it. And, and the adults are quite good. You know, they're sort of underarm throwing and you kind of like get a shower of sweets. But some of the little ones, because the children throwing out the sweets weren't really strong enough to do that. So they <laughs> no one had taught them how to throw underarm. Um, and they were launching them as if they were missiles. So very quickly we realised that you kind of had to duck or just shut your eyes and kind of put your hands up and hope you catch something. So I got one uh, I got one on the shoulder, one in the chest, one on the foot, and then one of them hit me right between the eyes, like literally right between the eyes, which was a very good shot because if it had gone either side, it would have been quite dangerous. So, um, I mean, I didn't mind, but I might have done if I'd gone blind. But uh, it was um, it was good fun, and we caught a few sweets. But I wasn't very, I wasn't particularly good. There was a, a an older lady who was obviously grandma to her family next to me, and she was lit on the on the floor on her knees picking up all the sweets from from the ground. Um, so yeah, sweet throwing. It was uh, it was an experience, and of course I'm wanting to capture this on photo and video. So I'm sure the lens took a hit a few times. Uh, not that it would cause any damage, but it was, uh, it was quite amusing to see. And I did, uh, when we, when we do the vlog, uh, on YouTube, you'll, you'll get to see some of that in, in action as it were. So we traveled fairly light, just one case. And, um, one of the things that I wanted to do was to, uh, incorporate that in my future travels as well. Um, so I carried literally one camera, one lens, one extra wide lens, and certainly for the for the the floats, that was good enough uh, to capture all the footage. Really, I wanted to to flip from still to video, and of course, then we were set up to travel light on our days out through the rest of the island. So, whilst um, whilst that was a, an experience in itself on the first night, you know, we we did get out and about as we tend to for the rest of the break. So. And we, we certainly enjoyed our food trips and the like, didn't we, Sue? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the day after the festival is a bank holiday on the Monday. And so everywhere was shut. So we just got our bearings, really. We wandered all around uh, the city and sort of found out where we were. And it's quite small, so it's easy to do that. And then we had lots of, uh, of wonderful food places to eat, as I mentioned before. And the food was just absolutely incredible. So lots of tapas. Um, and we found a couple of little places off the beaten track, um, which is just sort of behind the main thoroughfare from where we were staying, where there were lots of locals eating. And it, and it was absolutely absolutely super so we had lots of lovely fresh food and we were very good we didn't snack but the hotel we were in it was called the Con Alamar, which is like a five-star boutique hotel, which was very reasonably priced and particularly for that time of year. Um, and they they would provide us with a little turndown service and we had all sorts of little sweet treats in the evening, like one each little small thing. So that, that became our dessert as we were determined to start the new year being a little bit healthier after all the excesses of Christmas. Yeah, and we, we got out and about. We did a fair few steps in our travels. It, it's a nice, easy city to walk around. Did a little bit of shopping here and there, but, you know, that was mainly... Nice to, shops. <laughs> nice shops, very nice shops. Even the CNA, for those of you that remember that in the UK. And uh, we took one... I suppose the only trip we went, actually went out was when we went to the Belver Castle, mm. which has a great view of the whole kind of harbour marina area back towards the cathedral. Um, that when I say trip, you know, we took a taxi there, but we actually had a nice 
fairly long hike back. Yeah, it's quite, I mean, it's very much uphill and, and um, it says it's 40 minutes, but, you know, that's probably not true from where we were because it's, it took us longer than that to walk back and that was downhill. So as the crow flies, it might be 20, 40 minutes, but it was quite a long walk. But it was a lovely walk back, but I didn't fancy doing the walk up there. So as we'd done sort of 14,000 steps the day before, I felt I'd earned my taxi ride. Yeah, I mean, what was what was nice is that, you know, you didn't, you, well, actually on that walk back, I was just wearing a T-shirt. So, you know, it's, for a bloke, it would be a T-shirt and a light jacket of some sort, really. I mean, I, Can't you know, ladies wear T-shirts yeah, and light jackets? Of I'm just saying, from a male perspective, ladies might have different setups. I'm all for unisex clothing, me. So um, it was uh, very comfortable. Now, you know, I've looked on the weather since we've been back and it's cooler and wetter so you know we were lucky we were fortunate and we took advantage of that uh but the the other thing on the other main site that you can't fail to see when you when you go to Palmer is the cathedral and from holidaying in Mallorca over the years you tend to always I think the route from the airport to just about anywhere tends to go past or you know that the the coastal road so you look up and you see this marvelous structure there so it was great to not only photograph that did that during the day and at night but we actually um we went in there as well and of course another advantage of this time of year it was no queues i think they often have a they have a an entry uh, ticket available where you can queue jump but we just didn't need to it was it was so quiet uh obviously there are other people there guided tour groups but there were some marvelous opportunities i mean we we chose we, we had a cloudy day i think the first day the monday was fairly cloudy but it was still pleasant and we went on the Tuesday because I was after the light coming through the stained glass windows and reflecting onto things like the paintings and the stonework inside. And I was able to capture that. So that was uh, from a photographer perspective, but also someone who just admires that kind of beauty. Uh, you know, that was that was really very enjoyable. Uh, we were well served by EasyJet on our flights. Um, one slight scare coming home where they might have needed people to stay It wasn't behind. a scare. <laughs> <laughs> sorry there were that not sounded that like sense. no not in that sense there was a no there was a thing where they they were offering people um an extra night to stay behind in compensation which if i hadn't been working the next day we might have done it um so it was a generous offer and we fancied another night but there we are just going back to the cathedral one thing um there was a, a an audio tour that you can take going around which was a little bit confusing because some of the numbers weren't quite in the right order um, but it's worth looking out for things like the the wonderful organ um, and there's a suspended sort of piece of art which was done by Gaudi when he uh, reconfigured uh, or worked with them to reconfigure the cathedral and and it's just I thought it was beautiful I mean it's 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 Gaudi so it's different um but it was uh, really amazing um and the original sort of altar facade I'm not very good on what all these things are called but it, it's worth getting the tour sort of for that I think um if you're interested and if like me you've got a husband who's going to be or a wife who's going to be going around um taking photographs while you're wandering and having a look so it kind of give, adds an extra dimension to it and I'm also able to spot things and tell, you know, why, why should you take a picture of that? Well, because it's significant in blah, 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 because I've just learned about that in the history. So that was quite good. Thanks, Sue. And so overall, really good trip. Uh, we will, well, I'd like to go back there again, but um, we're certainly going to look again at maybe another Spanish town for next year. That's likely to become a thing 
uh, because it's just it's good to get that extra bit of daylight and just you know just see how other people enjoy the the various festivities at that time of year. So thank you, Palmer, and uh, we really enjoyed our our trip there. So in terms of plans, obviously people make plans, goals, set goals, and that kind of thing for the new year. Uh, I you know this will be my first full calendar year as a full time photographer. And I'm looking forward to that. Got some personal projects lined up as well as some bookings and inquiries underway. Did my first sort of paid shoot uh, earlier this week. And I'll talk about that in a bit. But Sue, in terms of your your world, have you got any thoughts, ideas, plans for 2020? Anything specific? Yes, I've got a, a few things sort of um, like to achieve this year. Um, I'm not one for setting New Year resolutions. You know, I think a lot of people, they've, they've fallen out of favour with a lot of people. And I think that's, you know, it, it makes it too difficult if you try to set yourself too stringent goals. But I do have um, what I'd like to call a bit of a motto for, for each year. And sometimes it's the same and sometimes it's a new one. And this year it's about wise choices. So it's about making wise choices. That's what Phil and I sort of said, yeah, in terms of how we eat, you know, how we fill our time um, and things that we might say yes to or no to, whatever. So that's the sort of my motto for the year. One of the first things I need to do this year is to up my game in terms of how I present myself to casting directors and get on people's radar. And one of the things as an actor that I can do is to have a good showreel. So I have a I have a very good showreel, which I got done a couple of years ago, but it doesn't really look like me now. And also I've done some work that I can incorporate some sort of real acting work rather than sort of getting scenes written and filmed them, etc. Um, so I am updating my showreel. Um, and I recently, and I do think, I think if you are an actor going out to get a showreel, it really pays to shop around because, you know, I've done some that um, I, you know, perhaps haven't been as good as others. But I recently did a great showreel with um, a pal of mine, Jack Silver, who runs Sizzle Showreels. And it was a really great experience. So the thing about Jack is he is a great theatre director and a director. And he really took time to make sure that the the parts that we were playing, myself and my friend Sophia, a Portuguese actress, that we were playing parts that were right for us and that sold us in our best light, you know, things that we were good at. So it's a comedic scene. Um, when it's up and around, it'll be up. I'm sure Phil will promote it on his podcast, but of we'll course. probably um, share the scene. But also it'll be integrated into my showreel. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, so I say I can definitely recommend Jack uh, because of the time he took and the rehearsal he gave us and the feedback that he gave us. You know, sometimes you can feel like you're a bit like, well, you've got an hour and you've got to get it done and you're in, you're out and that's it. Whereas, um, you know, Jack really took time to understand what our, um, you know, what our strengths were. And he has a lot of experience as well in the industry. So able to tell us he's, you know, he's got casting experience. So saying to me, well, you know, this is what people are looking for. And, you know, don't try and sort of show that you can do horseback riding and combat if that's not the sort of parts you'll probably be going for to start with, which I don't think I'm ever going to be doing horseback personally. Um, but, you know, so he, he gave us lots of valuable advice. Um, and I'm really looking forward to incorporating that into my bigger showreel which then brings me on to well what do I do with that um and I'm starting to get around 
to something called uh, this uh, um, an organization called Mixing Networks, which I have joined and started to attend some of their events. And they have great casting directors coming along and you get a chance to spend some time with the casting director, get some feedback on your performance um, and get you seen, you know, by people. And, and you're learning all the time. They are workshops they're not auditions, they're workshops. But then, you know, you've got the opportunity if you've got something new, like a new show reel to follow up with them um, and, and just get yourself out there because you know if they don't know you exist how will they ever um, cast you in anything so for me it's about becoming more visible this year but making sure I've got the right tools to sell me in the right way that's really good advice Sue. and I think in general that that's great a great point uh, about visibility how do people know that you're out there unless you put yourself out there in the right way making network contacts is really important something I found uh, that, that paid paid off for me. So through some, well, through the Meisner training that Sue done with the uh, Impulse Company, um, I over time got to know Scott Williams, who runs it. And uh, through Connections to Connections, um, I was proposed as a photographer that could meet a need that, that uh, a, a writer had for an upcoming show uh, called Falling in Love Again, uh, which is now actually running at the King's Head Theatre. In Islington, and uh, it was about doing the stills photography for the dress rehearsal. And uh, I, I spoke with the director, toing and froing emails, usual thing, all nice and pleasant. Um, agreed the price, and uh, did the shoot on Monday evening. So thoroughly enjoyable experience. Really great team, and uh, it was then a matter of getting home, doing the processing. Um, so it was a late one, but that's fine. That's what we have to do. We flex. Uh, deliver the images and they've been going out to various sites I've seen them on all manner of websites and blogs and things to back up uh, well initially the promotion of it and then because they've now had the press reviews uh, the the images with my name copyrighted on them are associated with those reviews so that's you know that's a bit of visibility it's something I would love to do more of and really look forward to uh, to to doing that but it's, you know, perhaps the next step is down to me to start making some of those network contacts that I've created through this work to then see what can follow up. So that's something I'll be uh, be concentrating on. One of the other things I've been doing this week is something I've been meaning to do for so long. So, and let's get rid of old gear. Uh, there's certain gear in my cupboard, so cameras, lenses, and associated bits and pieces, bags and flashes and stuff, and I just don't use. Now, as a photographer, you know, when you're doing client work, you need a certain amount of backup gear uh, should there be a, a failing of some description. But, you know, this is beyond that. This is stuff that I just wouldn't use in that sphere because I've got other gear that would be more appropriate. So uh, and I, I suppose in some ways I was I was dreading the whole kind of gathering all the bits and pieces together, photographing it, going onto eBay. And it, it took some time, didn't it, Sue? I've been spending some time, you know, getting it together but pleased to say that uh, yesterday I, I put the bulk of it on there there's still a few items that will need to go on today and in fact one of the items that I put on about 24 hours ago has already sold this morning so uh, I've got some money coming in and actually by my very rough calculations uh, I think that I will be able to completely fund a new lens that I'm after so this is the S series 24 to 70 f 2.8 zoom lens which is a real pro workhorse lens which has been introduced for the new mirrorless system. And I Sue was brilliant because we sat down and, and I just I, I went through 
Of my, course, Sue's brilliant. <laughs> Sue's always brilliant. Well, you know, I, I value Sue's opinion, and we we do chew the cud on many things, uh, both on both sides of our, our professions. And I wanted to just kind of just talk uh, and just to have a listen and provide some input about my plan to to really migrate to the mirrorless gear. So this is actually different for people who are perhaps less photographer savvy. You know, it's a new format of body and there's new set of lenses come along to to work best with those bodies. So, you know, it can be quite expensive to just get rid of all your old stuff and then move on to the new stuff. And in fact, you know, Nikon and Canon, who are just moving into this game, Sony are, are way ahead, really. Uh, the, you know, they can't just dump all these lenses on the market. They have to develop them, build them, test them, and then get them out. So they've each got a roadmap for the lenses that are coming out. But actually, as of next month, all the lenses that I'm likely to need for the type of phot- photography that I do will be out there. They'll be, they'll be available. So actually, I thought, well, as well as getting rid of my old bits and pieces, and like I mentioned earlier, to fund the, the 2470 Zoom, I firmly believe that I can sell my other body and lens to completely fund the new incoming body and lens that I want to get. So uh, that's, you know, it's not always that you have to fund the difference. If you've got stuff that's of value anyway, because you've invested well in the uh, originally, you know, these these things, these upgrades can actually become self-funding. So I'm, I'm hoping that all my sums work out and I can end up with the new world of mirrorless and native lenses to support my photography work. I was going to say, I wasn't really that brilliant. Um, I, (laughs) well, no, I just used a few coaching techniques, really, just sort of listened and sort of fed back what I thought Phil was saying, which, um, you know, enabled him to sort of make the decision. But it, you know, he he was very good. He sat down. He didn't just launch into it all because I probably wouldn't have been listening. Yeah. He actually said, right, I need to talk to you seriously. So, of course, I always sit down when he says that. Um, And, uh, yeah, it was it was nice, though. I really felt like, you know, great that I was able to help him, even though I hadn't got a clue what he was talking about but you know as a coach you don't need to have a clue what the other person's talking about technically you just need to be able to you know repeat back and listen and throw in some you know how would you feel if you did that and what would be the upside and downside and ask some good questions and yeah no I thought you did really well actually well, Phil you I thought you were really it didn't seem to me that you took that long over it you know you kind of really organized and set it all up on the dining table and went through it all but actually you know leading into that decision so you know what I'm like. I do sometimes just launch into things, and I so use this term "viva voom" because I'm going all over like a whirling whatever. <laughs> um, and you know, this was we both had a cup of tea or whatever, and it was a, a case of just sitting down and saying, "Right, this is what I'm thinking. This is where my head is." And obviously, you know, this this isn't just sort of you know small investments of cash. I mean, I've got the assets now, which is what I said. It's about the approach to it. Um, the technology is not going to go back to what it was before. That's that's the key point. And I think that was one of the things that Sue raised, you know, and, and you can actually apply this to other things. You know, if you've got a, if you if you're considering a move in a certain direction, plan it out, think it through. And most importantly, talk to someone, you know, and uh, Sue's coaching fees are published somewhere. No, I mean, <laughs> but, you know, to just talk it through because actually putting it out there is far more valuable than just keeping it in your head. I've I found that before, that if you just start to tell someone about what it might be that's on your mind, A, that kind of frees up your mind a bit. 
but it actually you, you kind of think well how does that sound and I've been in situations before where I've started to talk through something and realized that actually I've probably answered my own question or no actually that just doesn't sound right or, or whatever so yeah talk to people it's, it's really or valuable. write it down if you're an introvert you might prefer to write it down yeah, write it down indeed indeed um right <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, that, that's um, the, these are the main things we're going to cover today. But I didn't know, Sue, whether you wanted to. Uh... Well, I've got a couple of things actually. It might yeah. be of interest to people, particularly on the acting side. But I've got a couple of things coming up. So on Monday, I'm collaborating with the London College of Fashion and their students, their MA students in costume design. Um, and what they do is they the students make costumes for theatre and stage whatever um, um but then they get people to try them out to see how they work um there's a little story and this year the theme is Hansel and Gretel so <laughs> they've decided to dress me up as the uh, wicked witch bit of a pantomime dame type person so I have no idea why that would absolutely be absolutely no comment whatsoever no comment whatsoever um and I get to have a free um, workshop with uh, a, a very good uh, teacher, which is Peter Lilly, and she is going to take me through some movements, um, and we're going to use the costume and see how that can tell the story. So I really don't quite know what to expect, but that's something different, and it could lead to further collaborations in the future. Um, and it would be lovely to see Peter again. She taught me. I did a clown uh workshop through hoopla impro uh, uh about oh, a couple of, a couple of years ago maybe now um so that and i know she's very good so i'm losing my words now and the other thing that i've just signed up to do this thing about visibility getting out there networking is to do a one-day event um on the 8th of february saturday for any actors out there you may be listening, you probably know about it already, but it's Surviving Actors. And they've moved to a new venue, which I think will be bigger because it's absolutely rammed when I went there two years ago. I couldn't make it last year. I was thinking probably in New York or something. But um, it's really, uh, there's lots of seminars and I've signed up for several different seminars from different people. They've got some great people on there. Uh, um, it's free to get in, so you can just go around and there'll be different people there, photographers and uh, acting uh, schools etc I'm sure I see a few people I know so I've signed up to do that so that might be something I could come along and and talk about um if that's of any interest to anybody so the, yeah that's me got a few things lined up good so on that point picking up on the visibility that we've already mentioned a couple mm. of times when you started on your journey you know you had to create <clears throat> this network and find these contacts were there any sources? I mean, Hoopla was because you joined up with Hoopla. You did some classes, did some classes yeah. and you did some, um, you know, showcases and stuff like that on the back of it. And obviously that's where you connect with people and people connect with other things that they're doing and so on. But is there, is it just that you have to have quite a bit of reach? Or I mean, how, how would one starting off go about knowing okay. where to get the best bang for their buck or the best spend of time well, to, right. to get the networks? That's a long question. It is. I think I can answer that. Go for it. Um, well, so I, I mean, yes, well, it's, it's, that's actually it's quite difficult to answer because I think so, a lot of the things are sort of by chance and things you get involved in. So I did um, sign up with Hoopla 
a, few, a couple of years back and that's what sort of kickstarted me back to thinking about yeah I want to get back into acting and I've just funnily enough I've just started a new hoopla course an eight-week course this week which I forgot to mention and I haven't done the improv for a little while so I'm kind of really enjoying it and getting back into it and I may fingers crossed be setting up or with another um improviser to do a two prov uh, so hopefully we're thinking we might join forces and actually put on some gigs and things so I'll let you know about that but how did I get how did I sort of get contacts well I, I think always doing a, a workshop or a class is a really good idea to make contacts you know you meet other actors and a lot of actors are not just actors they're writers directors producers so you meet people through that so that's what I've done a lot of the time. So I'm also a member of the Actors Centre. I've met some great contacts through there who I've gone and seen people in things and supported them. And actually supporting other actors is a really good way to make contacts with people as well, I think. Um, but yeah, I would say mainly through workshops and things and opportunities. Um, I, obviously, I apply for roles on the Mandy platform casting platform where they tend to have the sort of lower paid smaller type roles on there but there's some great fringe stuff on there as well um, and that's where I've really sort of met the contacts casting directors are the all the elusive you know um, that everybody wants to sort of get in front of and I think you do have to think about how you contact them why you contact them how often you contact them you know and, and they and some of them have different preferences and I think you know you don't want to bombard people when you've got something new to say and you meet them but I met some through the London Actors Workshop which is a 12-week program I did I met a casting director on there who gave me some lovely feedback um, and actually called me in for an audition virtually two years to the date that I'd first met her um, which was great you know but it's uh, and she said she'll call me in again which which is nice. Um, so I think, you know, it, it doesn't matter almost if you if you meet someone two years ago, if you've got something new to, to tell them, tell them now. If you've got a new show reel or you've been in something or you've got a show coming up, you know, just keep in, in touch with people. But yeah, casting directors, I think, are the people to really contact if you want to get auditions and get brought in for things. And doesn't, you know, guarantee anything, but you will be on their radar. Yeah, that's really good advice. I like developing your toolkit. I think with photographers, we are, many of us are gearheads and we think that that new bit of gear, that's where the investment should be to get better. But actually, a half-decent photographer will take a kit camera and lens, and or camera and kit lens even, and uh, produce a great picture because it's the, 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 you know what you're looking for, you know how to use the tool, etc. So, now, the investment can be as simple and cheap as knowing exactly how to use your gear to the far corners of its capability uh, and and or you don't actually need that new lens. You don't actually need that new body. You, you need some education maybe and, and think about the specifics you're going to go into. So there and actually you can seek out some good value for money learning. You know, a lot of the companies like Jessup's and that do do these courses, day long courses that are actually very good value. So I would urge to think about your your kind of self-investment as much as any uh, gear purchases from a photography perspective. I think one of the things we were talking about earlier when I said about wise choices, I think, you know, and this applies to photography, selling your business, you know, as a photographer or being an actor, is if you say yes to something, 
does it help you get towards your end goal? I mean, you know, Phil, obviously you mainly do headshot photographers, but doing this rehearsal shoot, you know, was brilliant for you. But there's actors there who might then come back to you and, and there's the PR people, all those possible connections just through that one job. And I think it's really, really important to think, you know, wh where could this lead? And you don't do it just because of that. You do it because you love it and it's your job. And, you, you know, I mean, that you don't just go into it thinking where could it lead? But it is important to to sort of think outside the box sometimes so it may not have on the tin this is the exact thing I want to do but will it could it lead to something that was it's like doing um uh, there's a lot of parts with film schools so you could say well you know it's just an equity film school minimum payment is any small or not going to go anywhere no one's going to see it these are the filmmakers of the future you know these people particularly if you're a young actor these people are going to be making films and you know do it get screen practice get out there make different contacts I think um, I think that's a really really good thing you know if, is it a wise choice and, and even it you know it, it might not seem obvious where could it lead that's uh, good words. We, we've, I'm, I'm impressed with what we produced today. Hopefully other people will be. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad <laughs> but, but you we are, like dear. It. Yeah, we like it. So uh, wrapping up now, really, uh, four weeks tomorrow, I'm going to be getting on an aeroplane and flying to Las Vegas for Headshot Mania 2. This is for the Headshot crew, which is, uh, I mean, I'm having a couple of days just kind of wandering around Vegas and getting to, getting to know the place. <laughs> And, and then uh, I think Wednesday evening is the party and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the classes, classes covering technical stuff, lighting and color management, that kind of thing, and business and branding and promotion. But also there's some self-development stuff in there, confidence building and the like. So they bring in some people in and having some live link ups and they've got some good sponsors on there, big, big names in the industry. So thoroughly looking forward to that. We'll talk about that a bit more. Probably going to get another podcast in between now and then grateful for any comments we actually had some good feedback about when sue's joined these so it was great to bring sue along again today and uh, maybe this will be a regular feature but we'll see how things go also plan to get some other guests on and uh, sue any sort of closing words or shall i just wrap it up with our usual jingle <laughs> no just uh, again happy new year to everyone hope that some of this has been useful and, and as phil said any feedback you know if there's anything you like the way we talk about certain things or you know if you like any themes you'd like us to talk about if there's anything particularly on the acting side or you know then do let us know or if you'd like to get on as a guest oh yeah give us a shout guess 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 you know we'd like that we'd like that a lot so uh, well thank you very much Look after yourselves. And that was Phil's Photography Journey podcast, episode 31, season two. <laughs>